Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Wide Array of Sports Takes. I'm Andrew DiStefano. You can find me at SportsGuru716 on Twitter or at WideArraySportsTakes.wordpress.com. I post daily football, hockey content right now. Um, when baseball season starts, I might do some fantasy baseball. NASCAR, when NASCAR is going on. League of Legends, when that's going on. Kind of whatever I'm into. Right now, it's all football and hockey. Um... Today's episode, I'm going to go into the Fantasy Football Week 13 injury report, despite Pittsburgh Baltimore still playing tonight, and most teams not practicing the last two days. I mean, I don't think any teams are allowed to practice. Um, I do intend on kind of updating these lists later in the week because waivers is pushed back to Saturday because of the fact that there's no Thursday night football game with all the games being moved around. So. I mean, I might go, you know, glance over this again a couple of days from now with some updates because last week there were some significant updates late in the week that I'm addressing today that, you know, we didn't see coming, you know, last Wednesday. Also, I intend on continuing my 31 NHL teams in 31 days with the New York Rangers. So let's get started with the injury report. So, um... There's, like I said, quite a few from last week. Larry Fitzgerald for the Cardinals was a late scratch last week. Um, COVID. Uh, Andy Isabella played in this place, had 7.3 points. I mean, that's pretty solid. Arizona is a high-powered offense. I think you can actually get away with Isabella off of free agency after waivers clear this week. And he might be able to give you value this week. Or you wait till my Pick Your Poison segment on Saturday where I can better assist based on matchup and what we're looking at going into Sunday. Atlanta, Todd Gurley, he was out and he didn't practice all last week, but it wasn't until I believe Friday where they said he was hurt and he's not going to play. Ido Smith, like I said yesterday, he came in and he took the reins from Brian Hill and did very well. Brian Hill does not really have that PPR option to his game where Ido Smith does. I think Smith now takes that number two role from Brian Hill as a result, regardless of if Gurley is back. John Brown I had last week. Now, at the time he wasn't on IR, now he's on IR for three weeks. Um, Gabriel Davis is definitely the replacement. He did well this past week, as I referenced yesterday. So going forward, Gabe Davis is the guy for right now. Philip Lindsay, he gets hurt pretty often. I mean, this year is you know, a very unfortunate year for him. They said he might play Sunday. I don't know. I think Royce Freeman is going to be the guy that replaces him. And honestly, long-term, I don't feel too confident about Lindsay because of, you know, his injury history now. Denver obviously had a lot of trouble this past week against the Saints with their quarterback situation. And given that Lindsay is a number two back anyways, and he has no, you know, pass-catching options like he doesn't I mean opportunities sorry you know it's very limited and in standard leagues was really his only value outside of like you know desperate times in PPR Houston Will Fuller is not hurt but he's out for the year because of a suspension this is a big deal Will Fuller was a top 20 wide receiver he was the number one in Houston now Brandon Cooks becomes the number one and obviously he's already owned Last week, Randall Cobb got hurt, and they, you know, Kenny Stills was hurt, and then they cut him. 
I wonder if Kenny Stills comes back now that they need him. If he doesn't come back because he wants to go to a winner, Kiki Cootie becomes the um, number two. Uh, in years past, he's done a good job in that role as a fill-in when Hopkins and Fuller were out there and Cootie was the number three. Sometimes he had to play the number two role when Fuller was out. That, you know, we'll see what happens here. Deshaun Watson obviously can throw it all over the yard, but, you know, I mean, Cootie's not going to be Will Fuller, but he should be able to get those targets and opportunities, and maybe he's worthy of a flex if you can move up your wide receiving core. Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor, also late scratch because of COVID this past week. Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, as earlier in the year, came in. Hines definitely outpaced Wilkins 20-10 to 10 in touches and opportunities. Wilkins really didn't do much with his rushing. I don't, I mean, he's more of a standard back anyways. The fact that he had four receptions was a surprise to me. I don't know if he can repeat that. But it is worth noting, at least for now, that he did show that as an aspect of his game. Because Hines usually has been that guy for the Colts for a while now. The Chargers, um, Kalen Balaj, he was hurt last week. He didn't play. Austin Eckler came back, and Joshua Kelly was the number two. Tremaine Pope was the number three. I think Balaj just goes back to that role that he was in before of barely playing at all. I wouldn't expect much out of him. Josh Jacobs is probably one of the bigger names on this list. He has a sprained ankle, and this is where it gets kind of tricky. Um, this is probably the last week of regular season for you, so, I mean, it is tricky. If Jacobs plays, I'm afraid that he doesn't get healthy all season long and all playoff long. You don't have, you know, this number one RB1 kind of back. And, you know, you regret it. Now, if you trade him and he doesn't play this week and he gets healthy, you're going to regret it because he's going to have a good playoffs. I mean, that's kind of the situation you're in. I mean, I guess you don't trade him and you hope for the best. Devontae Booker would be his replacement. Devontae Booker has done well this year in the limited opportunities he's had. I think I had him on my waiver list last week because he had a good week, a really good week, actually, the best week. So Devontae Booker is a solid option for Jacobs if Jacobs doesn't play, who, you know, Booker usually is available in free agency. I mean, that's why I ended up on my list last week. You have to be, they have to be owned in less than one quarter of leagues to be on my list. Miami, Salvin Ahmed, he was hurt last week, didn't play. Matt Breida, Patrick Lard, and I think Dwayne or DeAndre Washington. All played in his place. Brita's obviously a PPR guy. You know, guy out of the backfield. Gaskin might come back this week. He should come back this week. And if that's the case, I got to imagine Ahmed is just the number two standard back. He really didn't provide much out of the backfield. And I think that going forward, he would just be a number two back with Brita being the third down option for the Dolphins. But, you know... He does have you know, a resume now of a couple of games where he could show that he could carry the load and carry a lot of you know touches. Tua was also a late scratch last week. Fitz came in and did fine, like I said yesterday. 
I don't really want to rehash this too much, but if the Dolphins want to win, I think they have a better chance to win with Fitz than Tua this year, and it's hard to sell to your fan base. Go, you know, hey, we're seven and four, and we might make the playoffs, but we're going to go with the rookie that even in the wins that we had with him, we were winning games with luck and not necessarily offense, whether it was defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns. You can't rely on those to win football games, and Fitz has the ability to win you football games with his arm. And sure, he has the ability to lose them too, but at least he can win you games with his arm, where Tua has not proven yet that he can win with his arm, and he's not going to this year. Lastly, the Giants. Daniel Jones had a hamstring injury this past week. The NFC East leading Giants at 4-7, and seven, I believe have Colt McCoy as their starting quarterback in a division now with with McCoy, Alex Smith, Andy Dalton, and Carson Wentz-Jalen Hurts. So I would not add Colt McCoy as my replacement for Daniel Jones as a quarterback too. I'd be adding Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, like I said, the last couple weeks has been very solid over the last month or so. He has been a top half quarterback, arguably a lower tier quarterback one in some weeks like this past one. So you should really look at Kirk Cousins this week if you have a Daniel Jones injury, not Colt McCoy, definitely not Colt McCoy. So hopefully that helped you this list. I know it's, you know, not that long because I mean, not no teams practice. So these injuries are ma- uh, are mainly based off of the games on Sunday and who we know is hurt and what coaches said Monday. I'm sure this list gets longer by the end of today, and I will touch on it Thursday or Friday. I mean, I might touch on the waiver options tomorrow again, and then the injuries on Friday, because tomorrow I'm going to do my rankings regardless, even though it's you know not going to be overly helpful because your wave well it should help actually because your waivers will go through saturday so you have an opportunity to see my rankings before the waivers go through and now the new york rangers is part of my 31 and 31 um this is going to catch some flack i think i don't my depth chart is not where i think some people would want it to be but regardless i have them finishing 14th fifth in their division their division is stacked I think they are a wild card team in eighth. I mean, eighth in the conference, maybe. Um, this is it's it's going to be close. The East is so much better than the West, at least in what I've seen this off season and the way I'm projecting this out. Um, I had them third overall in cap efficiency. I think they did very well across the board. Obviously, I only listed one way contracts from free agency here. You know, the um, addition, I mean, the re-signing of Gorgiev and D'Angelo and a few other players, Ryan Strom, for example, those all factor into the cap efficiency, but I don't list them here because they're not, you know, free agent signings where these guys are. I mean, they're not very great players, Jack Johnson, Keith Kincaid, and Kevin Rooney, but for what they were signed for, they were very efficient contracts. You can say that a million and one fifty is a waste of a million and one fifty for Jack Johnson, but 
instead of spending $4 million on a player that was marginally better, you got a player that was, you know, he does what he does. He's a solid defensive defenseman for what you're paying him to do and what you expect him to do. Same thing with Rooney as a fourth-line player. He got almost league minimum, pretty much league minimum. So did Keith Kincaid, pretty much, as a third goalie. I mean, this is a situation where you have guys that are being signed for league minimum, and, I mean, that's going to be compared to a situation where somebody gets overpaid by a lot, and these contracts don't look that bad. Now, depth chart-wise, now, many people would say Ryan Strom is their number two center, and I really can't argue that, but depth chart-wise, and I use cap-friendly for all my position-related um, things when it comes to depth charts, Ryan Strom is the best player on their team that was eligible to play right wing from last year. So, I have Strom as the number one right winger going into the year. I think Sheetal could play sec- second center between Buchnevich and Kreider. I think that line is still good. I think this top nine is very good going forward. Extremely good. I mean, obviously, you got Lafreniere, first overall pick, and Kako two um, two years ago. He was the number two pick. And Brett Howden is not a bad hockey player, and I think he could be unleashed between these two and have his you know offensive upside really, truly be realized this year. And I think that third line is going to be very good, and that's why I have them 14th in the league. I think this team has the ability to do very well this year. And in the end, not, you know, finish it out because they are young and they don't really have that, you know, veteran presence there that has even been there, done that outside of Panarin. So, you know, going forward, you know, this team's really, really good long-term. And this year it's going to be a playoff team. Fourth line, Kevin Rooney, Lemieux. Gauthier, I think those guys can be a solid line that plays 8 to 10 minutes a night. I think Rooney can play penalty kill. Um, a lot of one-way contracts on this team. And veteran guys I could see called up in Giuseppe, Giuseppe Blackwell, and Greco. Um, Kraftsov is definitely their best prospect down in the minors this year, I think. And he might get called up as a first right winger, but I think a guy like Greek Greco would get a call before him just because of the experience factor. Um, left wing, they do have some holes down in the minors, but I mean, when you get that far down, you're getting to the, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth string left winger. If you're down here looking for guys, you're going to have trouble anyways because, I mean, you've had a lot of injuries. Defensively, um, a lot of young, good defensemen. Now, you know, people can say, okay, players can play on opposite sides, but given I'm using cap friendly and I'm using cap friendly's um, positions, and even on cap friendly, they said Truba and D'Angelo are the number one pair. I'm not going to follow that when it comes to who's the pair. I just mean right side, left side. Right side, they're extremely strong at the NHL level with D'Angelo Fox and Truba. Left side, not so much. Lindgren is a very solid defenseman, and I think he could play first pair and allow a guy like D'Angelo or or Fox be unleashed offensively. Jack Johnson, 
Same thing, Anthony Batetto. Yes, he's got a two-way contract this year, and he'd be probably in the minors, but he is better than Brendan Smith. And Libor Hajik, I mean, he's still young, and he's been up and down, and I think he'd be the first call-up for this team at defense this year, once again, because he really hasn't hit that next level. But Batetto, I think, is better than Brendan Smith. And... You know, I, I think like this defense could keep up with the offense, especially on the right side. And when it comes to playoff time, yes, that's where they suffer. Um, I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, Johnson and Potato in the playoffs can't keep up. But for the regular season and getting there, this team definitely can. Goaltending, Gorgiev and Shesterkin. I mean, going into the year, I have Gorgiev as the number one. Obviously, obviously, Shesterkin could overtake him by the end of the year. But going into the year, this is how it is. I think that these two could be very, very good for the Rangers. I think the Rangers have a very good, fun, young team. And it's only experience that I think is going to cause them problems in the end. Because if they hit some speed bumps over this, you know, condensed season, you know, maybe they can't dig themselves out of it right away because they are so young. I think this third line is very fun with Howden between Kako and Lafreniere. I think you can get away with Strom being your number one right winger, given that, you know, you could move down players and separate Lafreniere and Kako, but I think you could leave these two guys here. I mean, Kako had a rough year last year in his rookie season. I think putting them on the third line with Howden playing, you know, 13 minutes a night provides you an opportunity to let these two grow together, develop some chemistry, and Howden is good enough between them where he can keep up. And, I mean, that helps both. You get two birds with one stone. So that's my take on the Rangers and my take on injuries this week so far. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, like it, share it, retweet it, do whatever. Message me if you have a different take or you have criticism. I'm more than happy to listen. And I hope you come back tomorrow for more content. I plan on doing the um, Ottawa Senators, I believe. And also uh, my rankings, because it's Thursday. So thank you for listening, and I hope you come back tomorrow.